Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lori Clark Show. This episode of my podcast is brought to you with the help of ZoomUs, a video and audio conferencing interface. It's important to know that I'm in no way sponsored by Zoom. I just want to tell you how much I love it. It is very reliable, easy to use, and provides excellent audio and video files that my team and I produce to share the power of story with you. Another non-sponsored, couldn't do without, but just have to tell you how good it is, is Squarespace. When they say it is the all-in-one platform, it really is true. I go into the back end of my website multiple times a day, adjust things, post podcast, add links, and look at our show's analytics, which all sync across my devices. And when I need an image, Squarespace provides an excellent resource that's powered by Unsplash. Now for my most favorite feature, the Squarespace app. Um, Being a working mom, there never seems to be enough time in my day. So when my daughter's in ballet, I sit in my car and upload, post, and manage everything on my website from the app. It's really cool and seamless. Squarespace is really, really simple and very dedicated to helping me create a brand of excellence. So with that, big shout out to Zoom, Squarespace, and Unsplash. Thank you for helping me tell people's stories. With that said, let's move on to the best part about today, the show. Please allow me to welcome my next guest on The Lori Clark Show. Here with me today to discuss vaping and its impact in the lives of many young adults um, is Dr. Patton. Um, The e-cigarette was originally a tool that promised to help smokers and to sort of help them segue and, and move through that really, really rough transition. But it has turned out that the e-cigarette is now a tool that our young men and women are using, and it is seemingly destroying their their well-being, their health. The numbers will boggle your mind. I, I, I read the numbers and I was like, what? But in my research, the CDC said that teen vaping has surged to, to more than one in four high school students. And a survey that was done in the United States revealed that about 3 million or 20% of our high school students are actually vaping. And in contrast, last year, there was 1.73 million. So it's like just on the rise. But now after lung illnesses and some deaths, doctors, parents, and lawmakers are, are growingly concerned. Um, today, we want to talk to you, Dr. Patton, who is a naturopathic um, doctor, about the effects of vaping. You know, where do we go? How did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know exactly how we got here, um, but I do know that it's uh, a, big, a big issue. Now, I was talking to my daughter not too long ago, and she was saying at her school it seems to be less of an issue, but I think it really depends on maybe the groups you hang out with or um, where, you, where you are, you know, in North America in general. So it, it, there may be pockets of schools that are less involved and or just pockets of places in the schools where they're less involved, but it, it still seems to be a, a big issue. I was reading something today that there was the first double lung transplant as a result of vaping illness. 
And it was like, I think a 16 year old who is going through that. And the parents were saying, you know, it's really rough to see their athlete on this, you know, external lung machine, just trying to survive till they could get, he could get a transplant and now has to go through the recovery. And you just think, how could this happen to someone at that age? For no good reason, except for, you know, those who, it's from the manufacturers of these, the substances going into the vaping tools that are causing the problem. And, And in this case, I think it was a vitamin E acetate that was going into the lung. So that's not even a chemical per se. That's a, a type of vitamin, actually. It's just being put in the wrong place. Right, because we take vitamin E all the time. And I've, I read that same article with the doctor. He was shocked. He had a picture of like the, the lungs and he was just blown away at what the lungs looked like and the degeneration that was happening. Right. Yeah, I think um, it was probably the same article and just seeing that the tissue was rotting away and there was nothing they could do about it. And so they had no choice but to go for a transplant with this person or they wouldn't have survived. Can we talk about, um, from your standpoint and from your, um, obviously you're a parent, you've, you've referred to your daughter and she's a high school student and I'm a parent and I've got lots of kids too. And, um, right. Can we just talk about like sort of the progression of, of what you have noticed and what makes you so passionate about this conversation? Well, it's, uh, the first time I noticed it was actually when there was an, an article in BC Business Magazine, and I think that was probably within the last couple of years. And I thought, um, because I follow a lot of the business trends and um, I try to stay aware of of marketing trends. I thought it was a little bit odd that BC Business Magazine was um, writing an article about a vape company, a vape juice company. And I thought, why are they, you know, backing this? Why are they writing about this? And I I was a little bit frustrated by that. And I thought, hmm. And uh, so then I started researching vaping. And I thought, well, I've got to find out more about what this does to people. And it just doesn't seem like the something we should be promoting. So that's, that was my first um, research, you know, time I spent researching. And other than naturally, it doesn't seem like a good idea for teens. I wanted to know the details as to what would happen when people were vaping. Because I think the challenge is that in some, um, not so much now, but in the earlier days, parents, I had a couple of parents come and talk to me and saying that their child wanted to, their teen wanted to vape. And so the parent was saying, well, then we'll vape together because, well, it's just, you know, this juice that smells like cotton candy and what's the big deal? And they literally didn't understand how dangerous it was. And so they were about to join their teen in some vaping until they went to their medical doctor who then said, uh, you know, absolutely not. You cannot, you, you, you should not vape and you shouldn't have your child vape. And then they were educated. So it was not their fault, but it, it tells you how the marketing entices us to think everything is okay when it may not be. Wow. So that, that's tough. That is very hard. And it's hard as a parent when, would you say there's right. a lot of fear about this? Yeah. Well, and I mean, I guess the thing about it is that teens need to differentiate and grow up. So they have to, you know, uh, find their own way in life. And that's how they are able to become independent. And it's in those years that they do that. And the research, you know, shows that if they can't find a healthy way to do it, 
they will find an unhealthy way to do it because they have to do it. And so really the job of the parent, now not to say that if they're vaping, it means they're, the parent has failed. It doesn't mean that. But what it means is if, if a parent is trying to help a teen, which all of us are, if we have a teen, we're trying to help them as best we can, we have to think of ways to support them in a healthy way to differentiate, which assists potentially in driving them away from the unhealthy ways of differentiating. I'm not saying it's foolproof, but it's something to think about. They're not, I don't think all parents are thinking about that in that way, potentially. I agree with you. Um, one thing that we can touch on is knowledge. So it's right. bringing your child into the awareness of the risks, the effects, and more importantly, what is in the juice that they're, they're, they're putting into their body. Um, right. I know somebody who um, her daughter came home and she was, you know, she, she did a great parenting move, which I was really pleased at. She didn't get angry. She said, all right, here's what you're going to do. I'm going to take your phone away for the whole summer unless you write a report, a detailed report on all of the things that are in vaping products and the effects on the body. You're basically putting a presentation for me together that you are going to understand and internalize the effects of what this will do to you. And that to me is brilliant because knowledge is power. And what happens is when people start to read and people start to engage in their own education, they begin to change their life. Um, what are the risks of vaping? Mm-hmm. Death. Say, I'm not trying to laugh. I'm just like, <laughs> I was waiting for a little bit more. Death, deadpan. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, at the minor level, it, for example, if there's a, a, a young athlete and they're doing any amount of vaping, their athletics will go down 100% automatically. So if they're trying to be a serious athlete, they will eventually be deterred from vaping because their athletic skills will go down because their lungs are impacted. So that's one thing I've seen. And, um, uh, but it's not really in the moment necessarily. Like, there are now starting to be vape illness that's coming once, you know, while the people, during the time they're using the vaping tools. But another um, thing that happens is similar to with smoking. It doesn't show up until later in life when there's fibrosis. And so, again, it's hard to, you know, cause versus effect. It's hard to prove that or not even prove it, but help a person realize it because it doesn't happen immediately always. Although nowadays it is starting to happen immediately. Right. Can you please, if there's a young man or woman out there that is listening to this, could you please explain fibrosis? Mm -hmm. So our lung tissue is um, pliable. it's it's like it's it's like a muscle really, and um, and it's held 
in place in a way with resistance. Like, and that's when people say they have a collapsed lung is because the lung loses its resistance. And that's why one of the best things for lungs is swimming because the pressure um, pushing in from the water forces the lungs to work harder and push back. So there is a training for the lungs. And one of the best ways to strengthen the lungs is swimming. So when you have fibrosis, the tissue that's pliable and soft uh, is replaced by tissue that's almost like, um, you know, quite, like it's called fibrotic tissue. It doesn't function anymore. It's almost, it's not dead tissue, but it's stiff tissue. And oh. stiff tissue is not going to do the job of pliable tissue. So it would be like when you had Play-Doh and you let it dry out. Your Play-Doh, you can, you know, move, shape. And as soon as it dries out, it's just hard as a rock and it's stuck in its one spot. And okay. So, that's what happens when you get fibrosis, and there's nothing um, to reverse it. Once you get a fibrotic tissue, it's really difficult to reverse it. You can slow the progress down. You can, um, you know, try to halt the progress, but you can't very easily take tissue that's gone fibrotic and normalize the tissue. It's very tough. Uh, one of my daughter, my daughter told me in elementary school, a grade seven boy or grade six boy was making it in his um, garage, and I said, well. Who lets him do that? Like, how does he, how is he allowed to do that at that age? And, and then he was selling it. It just makes no sense to me. I don't understand how that happens. But that's just um, because I'm biased. I'm biased to those types of issues. Right. Now, how does, we're explaining to people the effects of vaping. Let's right. talk about the risks of nicotine. What are the risks hmm. of nicotine? I can't tell you how many patients of mine told me you know, in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, that had they known what smoking would have done for them, with, to them, they would never have ever done it. But the problem is they didn't know. And now they're paying the price. And so if you, if you repeatedly see that, you as a person, again, with education, might choose not to do something like that because right. you don't really want to feel like they're suffering. If you are in this place as a young man or woman, and you feel that addiction and you feel the draw. Um, how do you take something that was made to transition people from smoking, right? Like, it's so weird. It was made to do that. Now you have to transition them off of the thing that was made to transition people from smoking. So, right. Well, I mean, nicotine itself can bind to receptors in our brain and in other parts of our body, and then okay. they have impact. And with those, if those receptors are used to being bound to the nicotine and then aren't bound, then they're in a deficit. And then it's almost like a, that's where the withdrawal effect comes. And it's similar to any substance. With, if we withdraw from sugar, if we withdraw from um, you know, coffee, if, if we withdraw from, from anything, we're going to feel that. And so it's just that... Um, you know, maybe there's tendencies for anyone to be addicted to any one thing. It's just, it's, it's helpful if you make, if you're going to be. Like if you think about, we're talking about sugar or whatever, it's very difficult to, to move from eating sugar, right? Because it, it, it has a stimulation. There's a response that happens within the body. And I would imagine so is the response to nicotine. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day. They said to me that they were putting 50 nicotine. Mm -hmm. 50. Like, wow. 
I don't know if that's supposed to be bad. It sounds so bad. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> 50. So what we're doing is the vaping is allowing people to control how much they have. There's no limit and it's scary, right? It is scary. And um, I guess it, uh, it was maybe it was being marketed as something uh, less harmful than smoking per se. So it would give people perhaps a sense of security that well, it, it could be worse. I could be smoking. Maybe that was part of it. Why you know it would be looked upon as in a positive light. And it was a. I think teenagers in general or or anyone there's trends that get followed, and it and it depends on your circle of friends and. Maybe it helps with anxiety. It has other impacts on people or they feel better when they do these different things. It's just that perhaps there's another way to feel better. It, it's just what, what is that and how do they find it? I was also saying to this person, we were engaging this brief conversation, but they were talking about um, that it was almost like a, the, there was some synergy with, picking up the vape and putting it in their mouth. And then it's like this, this important movement, right? We are all, you know, as babies, we come out and we immediately want to begin that sucking motion. It's a very soothing, uh, relaxing um, kind of thing. It's just so, it's the first thing babies do. And if they don't, then there's a concern. Um, so I think there's part of that from my own experience, not my personal experience, but just my own experience in talking to people that there's something about that hand to mouth thing that creates this, um, you know, euphoric feeling that coupled with the chemical or the stimulant. And then what you're describing about the neuro, um, pathways in the brain, it's doing things that we're not really understanding, I don't think. No, that's true. And they may not know have all the details worked out for that, but um, there's definitely, you know, changes in motivation. There, there's, it could be an oral gratification. It could be that um, the act of it is calming to cortisol, uh, but, there, but there are other ways to do that as well. So um, the challenge is, if it's happening in a social setting and the other members of the social setting are participating, it at that age, um, membership in a group matters a lot to teens. What can we so, do? What can we do, Dr. Patton, for the person that's saying to me or to or writing in, and they're saying, "Hey, um, I I am addicted." or I am um, vaping, how can I stop? How can I stop? So let's talk about how they can stop. Let's talk about a safe, natural way to help them bring it into control. Right. Uh, Well, there's different ways, but there there are some, um, one of the, there's an addiction point on the ear, so an ear acupuncture point for addictions, and that can be useful um, what we'll often do is place a seed in that spot and allow the person to press on that when they feel the craving. And so that allows them to, you know, over time, 
give the, give some control over what their behavior is. So instead of vaping, they will press on that, and that can help you know break up the addiction. For so the so let's just do a quick tutorial on that. You've got in your ear, you have meridians. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so the whole body is represented in the ear. There, there's ear acupuncture meridians. And there's one pl- point called Shenmen. And Shenmen is an addiction point. And you, you can just p- press on it yourself. And or you can have a seed placed there with a, you know, a piece of tape. And then you press on the seed and that activates the point. So. Wow. Yeah. So it's, you know, just in this part of the ear. I don't know huh. if you can. I can't see it. it. But up in here. Okay, at the top. Yeah. Yeah, if you look up Shen Men, that's one of the points. So that's a very powerful point that can be utilized. Um, A lot of times we give support for brain chemistry, so serotonin and dopamine support, because that will help as a person's weaning down from the withdrawal. Okay. In certain cases, we've even done IVs for neuroregeneration to help, again, with rebuilding the neurochemicals once a person's reducing. And also stress support. So the adrenal glands are important um, to support during this process. Okay. But mainly it comes from the person wanting to do something about it. So there has to be the want and then the, and desire and then the support. Right. But that's secondary, really, the support to the desire. What about um, the effects in your mouth? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you think about the lungs and the skin and the mucosa as a, a, a large detox you know, organ, imagine anything that you place in that tissue uh, can damage it quickly and then the tissue can repair when left on its own quickly. But if it's just constantly attacked, um, it's going to get damaged quite quickly because it's a very sensitive tissue. And so... Um, you would, I would guess, and again, they haven't had, I, I haven't seen a lot of information on it, but... I would think similar to smoking, you can get things like, you know, throat cancer, mouth cancer, those kinds of things over time. Well, and you know, and it might even happen after. And you know, you oftentimes we we um, you pres- prescribe like a tincture that you put under your tongue because yeah. you know the mouth is a very um, it is a high absorption point. It goes right in. So if you're what you're putting in your mouth is 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 it true? What you're putting in your mouth goes right into your system. Especially if it's under the tongue, it'll be absorbed into the bloodstream right away. That's right. Yeah. And similar when you, when you have, um, because oxygen exchanged from the blood happens at the lungs. So anything you breathe in, it goes right into the, the vasculature and do impacts you, the whole body. Do you know much about like a nicotine poisoning and, and like, so, okay, so maybe you're not poisoned, but other than like, the, the things that you mentioned, is there a way to detox your skin and just your general general body through? Well, even saunas can do that. I would think that uh, infrared saunas, because you have to get things out of the cells and okay. it's not that easy to do. But one, one way is through saunas or infrared yoga or... Like red light therapy or something. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then other times you have to do treatments, de- cell detoxes through medicines that can help with that. And this is so amazing because you know that it's not something that a young person thinks about. 
No, they don't. This is not something that... And, um, you know, you wonder what draws a person to it. And I, and I haven't really, um, you know, analyzed lately the the dynamics that might create a, someone, um, that might set up a situation where the, the, the teen is more likely to vape. What is it about, you know, that teen versus another teen? And I'm sure there are particular characteristics, but... I think one one might be, I mean, it, it goes back to what you were talking about, knowledge is power and communication. So, um, you again, I'm not a parenting expert or a psychologist, but what I've, I've observed is that children, um, at, well, teens, I mean, their brain's not fully developed till 25. So their ability to make really good decisions, it, it's not their fault, but it's just not that possible. Some, you know, happen to make decent decisions, but it's not expected of them, actually, because they're, they, they see black and white, but they don't see gray. So when you can't see gray, it's hard to make, you know, really informed decisions. And so that's where they work in the extremes at some level. And that's why you see in their mood that it can go up, it can go down in a day. And so with parents, I, and again, each parent has to know their own child, but I would, I, from my experiences, it's there. There have to be the ground rules of, you know, these are the bottom lines of in a household that are just not okay, and then there's the consequences if that happens. But then beyond that, there has to be enough freedom for the child with, within protective parameters, that they, you know, grow up somehow. Right. Right. So there, so there has to be that that type of adaptive parenting style for the child to be like less likely to you know go that way at that time well and 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 here's the thing and and it's that dance and you know and and as people are listening to this they're they're coming from many different perspectives you know and age and ages too as they're listening but i've I'm a parent. I, I've, my oldest is almost 21 and my youngest is 10. And so I'm kind of in all of it. And, and I know a thing or two about, you know, walking that line um, right. of what you're talking about. And I, I was writing this down this morning and I, and I said that, you know, we want to protect our kids so much. And, you know, we're reading this information on vaping and we're like, huh, stop what you're doing. Like, do not, you can't bring it into this house. You have to bury it in someone else's yard. You can't bring it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we, we just tell our kids all these like things. And right. we know the fear that's associated. We're watching the news and, and, and you know, our kids are, are getting information. But the, the difference is that fear is, if you, if you crimp it, it's not flowing and it doesn't actually, it comes down in this like hard sort of thing, but you're acting in fear because you know better and our children may not know better at this point. And no, they may not. And when you want something, your whole body craves it, right? So I was talking to this person and they said, well, it was hard to quit. Because my other friend was still vaping. So there I am and I'm trying to quit. I'm trying because I've read the information. I know what is not good for me now. And I've watched the news and I've heard. But now I'm still having the problem. 
And so fear is a state when it is flowing freely. It Mm -hmm. is a state of intuition. And I think the world is collectively waking up in North America, (laughs) maybe not the whole world, but definitely around here and going, wait, we need to be afraid about this because fear Mm -hmm. that is free flowing, that is just pure is actually leading us to an intuitive sense that something is wrong. And let's collectively ride on that a little bit because it has to change. We have to change. And you know, when lawmakers and doctors and young men are getting, you know, a double lung transplant at 16 years old, we need to be afraid and we need to wake up and begin to use our intuition about how we can move into greater awareness and how we can equip our kids um, Mm -hmm. and empower them that just because other people are doing it uh, doesn't mean they should. And also, um, there's a lot of power in the fact that they can change the dosage, that they Mm -hmm. can just, because it just, it's, it's, it's like it's a vice, right? Right. So... Is there anything as we, as we wrap up, is there anything that you feel is essential to, to this conversation? Well, I think um, all my work, other than, you know, all my work in its ideal state is preventative. And so uh, a lot of times when we're dealing, let's say, let's say when I'm dealing with the city hall about, let's say, gangs, the time to intervene with children is in grade three, grade four, grade five, because the gang's um, uh, recruitment starts in grade six, let's say. And so in terms of vaping, when you've got, you know, at, at the age of five, they're very, very black and white. So they know smoking is bad and they understand children at that age will go with that. That, that is not going to be the final state of a person, is that five-year-old state. But that's a, not a bad place to start with them. We had <clears throat> a level of conversation and awareness about the power of the body and what you put into the body, that, you, that right. the body is actually really sacred. It's a temple. It's, yes. it's, it's important. And, and what you do now affects you way down the line. And the reason why this is so powerful is because lots of young men and women, like you said, they do not understand what 30 years old looks like because they're 16, they're 14, they're 13. They can't imagine owning a home or renting. It's very hard to envision what the future holds. And so as we tell them, no, 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 this isn't right for you, they almost have to explore it themselves, but they are and it's damaging. And so- what helps is this conversation that you and I are having where we're talking about the power of the body. Yeah, and the other thing, it sort of looks back to even if a teen is, has a passion for the environment, let's say, which a lot of teens do. Yeah. If you have a river, you know, that's flowing with water that's clean and there's no debris in the water and it's fresh water, you never would want to throw garbage in that river because that's not going to be good for the environment. It's going to impact the fish, the birds, you know, wherever the river flows to, it'll impact that. And so if a teen understands that concept and he goes back to what you were saying, um, the body being sacred, then why would you take a bo- your own body, which is like a river, a clean river, and dump you know, garbage into the body? 
and expect that that's going to work out well. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you can think of that would encourage someone who maybe doesn't have a lot of money, who, um, you know, doesn't have a lot of support that you can say, here's some, just some really quick ways to Mm -hmm. get yourself and your mind in order when that craving strikes? Right. Well, um, like I said, you could do that. You could press on that point yourself. Yeah. So looking up the point. So that's one thing. Yeah. And then it's, a, it's, it's in a sense, um, well, you can ask for help. So if you can get a friend to help you or your parent, then you might be able to, under a, a craving situation, reach out to somebody and redirect your mind. So it's about redirecting the mind. It's a type of discipline. So whatever that looks like for the person. But not always can you do it on your own. You, you yeah. might need a friend to help you with that. Yes, that's right. That's great. That's great. Um, thank you for the conversation. I appreciate it. And, and I'm, you know, every conversation matters. And this is a really important topic. So I want to say thank you for, for taking the time to meet with me today. Um, and thank you for sharing and encouraging other people to um, learn about their bodies and to, um, you know, how to handle that uh, mental addiction by yeah. simply changing some of your thoughts and getting support and using your, the power of your community to help you um, change the way you think. So thank you for that, Dr. Patton. I appreciate it. And um, we'll have to talk soon. Yes. Thanks a lot, Lori. Thank it's been really excellent. And I was just thinking this topic, um, I like to be very light, upbeat, and optimistic about everything. And this topic is one that is uh, hard to be a little bit upbeat and optimistic because it's um, the, um, you know, the... <laughs> As you ask me what can happen, that's so extreme. So, but, but the one thing that I can leave us with, as you have left us with, is that a lot of times most addictions are um, linked to trauma, past trauma. So sometimes, again, it goes back to if a person is hmm. sort of leading down that path as a teen, perhaps reach into that person, whoever the, the person observes that person and say, you know, try to figure out what was that trauma and how to heal the trauma. If you heal the trauma, then you likely won't need to fill it with something else. That is brilliant. So that's where we can look. Anyhow, and that would be a positive. That would end. be a positive. And let's be upbeat about that. Lean in, lean in, right? Yeah. And there's lots right, of support. We all talk about this because we care about our teams. We care about our community. We love each other. We want it to be a stronger place. So we want to help each other do that. And and if we see someone, then reach out and, and say, what can I do to help you? Yeah. And and I, I and that's the biggest thing. And interesting that you said that. The person I talked to the other day, they said the same thing. They said, I just noticed that um, I was trying to fill. I was trying right. to myself. Um, Belonging is key. And so when you are standing there and all your other friends are doing the same thing, knowing that you belong outside of that, it doesn't, you don't need to be um, vaping in order to belong. Um, Correct. So this is good. This is great. Um, Thank you again for the conversation. Um, Thank you, too. Yes, I appreciate it. Have an excellent day. Okay, you too. Take care. Bye, Lori. Bye.